0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 46 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, we're doing this late at night. We're doing some recording in the dark today. The Blue Jays, were uh, they were busy. Well, were they busy on trade deadline day? They made some moves, at least. I think uh, we'll get into the episode more about what our expectations were and if they met them or not. But Jays ended up making four trades today on trade deadline day. I don't think we got the impact that we wanted or anything that we hyped it up to be. But uh, yeah, give us your initial thoughts, Riley
1: well I was out today I actually the boys weren't in Toronto our Blue Jays weren't in Toronto they were playing in the trop Mm -hmm. today but um, I went up to Toronto uh, Candace Wonderland rode some roller coasters and um, we went on one Jesse quite literally us as fans (laughs) literally took a roller coaster ride of emotions and um, I don't think I'm the only one that shares in the thought that they aren't Good emotions, really. I mean, a little bit of disappointment. I mean, you can feel good about some of them to an extent. Mm-hmm. But if we want to be considered a playoff contender and make a playoff push, I think we, uh, we fell short of um, a lot of expectations. And um, it's up to the players now. It's really up to the players now. What what happens the rest of the year?
0: Yeah, we made our expectation episode uh, just a few days ago, kind of throwing out what our expectations were for this team. And we wanted to see this team kind of make a push to go for it, to show that they are serious about winning the World Series this year. And from the moves they made today, yeah, sure, the team got a little better here and they made some smart decisions. I don't know if they made the moves that a World Series team needs to make. And I think that's what's disappointed a lot of Jays fans. I think that's our word to describe the trade deadline today, too. It's like we get the moves that they made, but it feels like we've missed out on something or we could have had even more. And there wasn't that big impact splash that we were really hoping for.
1: Yeah, well, hey, dude, let's start it off. If this was 2018 or 2019 at the deadline, I'd be ecstatic. ecstatic. We got Whit Merrifield from the KC Royals, but it's 2022. Mm-hmm. And he, he, since, you know, he came into the league and I think he came into the league pretty hot. He didn't come into the league as a younger guy. I think he was 27, 28 when he came into the major leagues. He's, he's, he's fallen off quite a bit. He's probably having one of his worst career years statistically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got, we got bullpen ar- arms like we needed. We shuffled some minor league guys around, you know, got rid of maybe a, a starter we shouldn't have. And I'm going to say right now, an infielder prospect that we certainly shouldn't have got rid of. That's just my own opinion. And we'll get to the specifics trade and who went where, but that's my take on it, man is the big one today. Again, if this was four years ago and you hear the name Whit Merrifield, you'll love that name. It's kind of like today. Hosmer going to, uh, to the bow Sox. I mean, if this was 2015, I mean, Holy crap. That'd be one of the biggest things in baseball, but um, another guy whose skills have slid right down a hill, dude.
0: So let's start there then, right? We're going to talk about all the trades the Jays made individually. Let's start with the Whit Maryfield trade. Officially, the trade goes: we trade Maximo Castillo, who I know we both liked, we've talked about him a lot, and Samad Taylor, who is um, a toolsy prospect that we've had in the system for a while. He kind of does everything good, but nothing super elite. He's kind of more a speed guy, and we get. Whit Merrifield out of this, who, as you mentioned, he's a second baseman slash outfielder. Now he has played 95 career games in center field, which might be important. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, But yeah, this, like you said, this guy is kind of past his prime. He's had um, WSC pluses of less than hundred, both of this year and the year prior. And I guess last year he did lead the league in steals. He led the league in doubles, but I think a lot of that is just, he's played every single day. So he's a big compiler of coding up the stats. And Yeah. I mean, he's a contact first guy and we've talked about like with the Jays draft and all this stuff that the Jays really do target these contact first guys. So I guess it makes sense that they'd be interested in Whit Merrifield, but he just, he doesn't move the needle to me, honestly. And that's what I think the big thing is like, are we sure that Whit Merrifield this year is better than Kevin Biggio? is better than Santiago Espinal? I'm not so certain he is. And that's
1: a concern with me, man, is yeah. Um, I love the term doesn't move the needle for me. It doesn't do a lot for me at all, Jesse, um, especially with I know. Let's be honest. We haven't given a whole ton of thumbs down this year, but Espinal, he started the year off hot. Um, he's, you know, kind of been cold. You know, the rest of the team has been hot. It feels like Espinal hasn't really been there. Bisio, of course, is working things out this year. I mean, like I said in many previous episodes ago, like this is kind of Cavan's make or break year. Mm-hmm. We got Espinal playing at the level he is, and now we bring in another guy, uh, Whit Merrifield, and Whit. It's more more or less. Like, I mean, I love the accolades. I love the fact that he is a he is a contact first guy. I love the Two-time fact that he can run two. the bases. And hey, and you know what, playing for um. You know a hangover Royals team. This isn't the 2015, 16 Kansas City Royals. This is someone who came in after, you know, their ALCS runs and and everything like that. Um, and he wasn't a part of those teams. He was he was a veteran guy on lackluster teams and now you know for him to find a spot on this team and I think we're going to get it right to this next is we kind of look at um what's George Springer doing how is he feeling like as of right this second because we might may need Merrifield to step in and play how many games at center field I know we got Ramel Tapia and we now have a guy who can play possibly, you know, the middle infield and the outfield in Wet And that's great. Love the versatility there. Yep. He he's gonna see some innings, I'm sure, Jesse.
0: This is the thing too. I think we the Jays really this guy as Springer insurance, especially because we talked our last episode how let's just put Springer in the aisle. We need him ready for playoff time. And uh, Whit Merrifield is going to be that guy that kind of covers George Springer, him and Ramel Tapia. This way, it just guarantees Bradley Zimmer isn't going to get more at bats. It's just another guy they can put on the depth chart above him. But the big thing with Whit Merrifield, Riley, is when the Royals just came up to Toronto to play the Blue Jays. Whit Merrifield wasn't allowed to come north of the border. He was unvaccinated. Now, there was a report before that series saying that if he were traded to a team or that's something that needs him to, he would get the shot. Now, we expect him to get the shot. He hasn't yet. Last I heard, he was sitting down with his parents. He was going to talk about whether or not he was going to get it or not. And let me phrase it a timeline for you here. To consider to be fully vaccinated in Canada, you have to have, well, two doses, right? And you have to wait like, what, was it two or three months in between doses in order to get the third one? That's not an option for Whit Merrifield right now. So the option there is he can take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and there, by Canadian rules, he has to wait at least 14 days until he can come back on the roster. So let's say Whit Merrifield got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine today. He still has to wait two weeks before he's eligible to play in Toronto. Now, we do get lucky. The Jays are kind of on a big, long road trip right now. So we can kind of see Whit Merrifield probably join the team in Minnesota when we start the four-game series there. But, yeah, he might not be able to play or eligible to play for these first two series in Toronto when we get back here.
1: Oh, you're going to love this, Jesse. I'm going to pull another one of my favorite movie quotes. (laughs) Jesse, this is Whit Merrifield. In 2018 and 2019, he led the American League in hits. Mm -hmm. His only defect is that he can't play in his home ball club stadium. That's uh, there's a little Chad Bradford-esque in that. He throws funny. Yeah, whatever. Here's a big, <laughs> here's a bigger one for you guys. He actually can't play in the Rogers center. Ooh. Breathe for a second. Think whatever. Listen, Jesse and I aren't doctors. We just talk about what's written on paper and try and find a reliable source. Our hope is that wit goes about this the right way and can play baseball, not only in the States, but at the Rogers Center as well, because that's what we got him for. And I don't think we would have made the deal um, if if there was anything on the fence. If not, then it was maybe the stupidest trade in a long time. But there's got to be more behind the scenes here. So, I mean, I'm sure something's going to put into action very, very quickly for this to work.
0: I would imagine the Jays wouldn't have done that trade without knowing quite well that he's going to get the dosage. So I think we're going to be okay there. Um, any last thoughts about that? We can say goodbye to Maximo Castillo. I know it sucks. We like that changeup. He was really good in double a, he was really good in triple a, and he's shown flashes in the majors that he could really, really play well. Um, I don't know what the Royals are going to do with him, but it sounds like he might honestly probably be on the team right now. Any last thoughts about losing Castillo?
1: I mean, I'm, I, I wish him good. I, I see, you know, with, when Baraki left us and went to the Mariners, he's been fine. And I love that for him. As long as he's not beating up on us then it's fine. I like to see go- guys go on. And if they don't find a spot on a club, if they get moved, that's just, it's, it's just business as Christian Vasquez. It's just business, just Jesse. Business, yeah. It's just business, man. Um, and we certainly, you and I, Jesse, who know certainly what Whit Merrifield can do, hopes that he brings back and winds back the clock a little bit and can really rack up some hits for us and, and can produce runs.
0: I'm not that optimistic, let me tell you, about what Merrifield's production. I think he's going to be a league average hitter at best. If, If anything, he's probably going to be substantial. Now, there might be a chance he hits near the bottom of this lineup. Pitchers just feed him strikes. He's got good contact ability. He can get hot for a few weeks, and that's really all we need him for. Now, I will say he is under contract till 2024. So if Whit Merrifield performs this year, we'll have him again on this team next year. I'm sure we'll talk about him lots as the season goes on. But Riley, let's get on to another trade that the Blue Jays made. The Blue Jays traded shortstop slash third baseman prospect Jordan Groshans for right-handed pitcher Zach Pop, who's from Brampton, Ontario, and right-handed pitcher Anthony Bass. Bass, who pitched on this team for the 2020 season, as you'll remember well. And uh, Zach Pop was actually original draft by the Blue Jays a long time ago. So Riley, initial thoughts on the Groshans for Pop and Anthony Bass trade?
1: So let's just talk before we talk into what we actually got, which is, you know, what, what we talked about our shopping list on what we should go after. So we got that. Let's not talk about those guys for a second. Let's talk about what we gave up. And that's Jordan Grosch, um, our third uh, best prospect in our minor league system right now. I mean, that's a pretty heavy price in my opinion, especially with, with, how good our minor league guys actually are. This is a guy who has the potential to play um, at an absolute elite level of baseball. Listen, I know that he hasn't really showcased and put it on as good as he can this year, but he's a guy who still has a long way to go before he fully develops. And I, I don't like how we, you know, didn't keep him around to see that possibly because I know that Chapman's going to be our guy, our, our guy on third for a long time, um, still considering this year. Um, And then I would have imagined that Groshans would have moved as a, you know, natural shortstop, whatever to third base and, you know, kind of file in, you know, through the pipeline that way. Now, obviously that didn't happen. And we went in and we fixed our bullpen problem. Now, Jesse, to be honest, I remember, I remember bass fairly well and they weren't fond memories. And when they, when they said Zach, when they said Zach pop, I I thought we traded him uh, for soda. I didn't, I (laughs) I have no idea who this guy is.
0: Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about him too, but just one thought on Groshans. Um, yeah, he was a former first round pick. Jays have now traded three of their last five former first round picks. The ones they haven't were Alec Manoa, who I don't think we're going to trade anytime soon. And uh, the one we just drafted, Brandon Barriera. Um, I will say with Jordan Groshans though, he's 22 years old. I think he really got hurt by the uh, the no minor leagues in the COVID 2022 season or 2020 season. And this year in Buffalo, his on-base skills are great. He's at 250. He's got a 350 on base but only a 296 slugging Riley. He has one home run for the Buffalo Bisons this year in over 67 games played. And Jordan Groshans has just lost his power. Whatever he had, it's gone. And a WRC plus of 82, he's a below average player for Buffalo right now. So I think the fact that we were able to get those two players, those two good relievers that are going to help our bullpen today for just Jordan Groshans, a prospect who... Yeah, first round pick. And in some lists he's still in a top 100, but he's definitely on the downs thing right now. And I kind of think it's a nice, tidy piece of business to sell Jordan Groshans here for these two. (laughs) You may have persuaded me a little bit more. I'm still not
1: still not thrilled about it because I know you're high on Pearson. If this was Nate Pearson, you would have went ballistic. You see the upside,
0: right, though? Is that that what you see here?
1: I see the upside on Groshans for sure. I mean, I get that the power tool isn't currently right there, but he's still fairly young. Right. I mean, and now it comes down to, we got, we got, I know that, um, you know, Bass probably isn't going to stick around too much. And if we could get some longevity out of this pop guy, if he turns into something really good. Now, um, if you follow our Twitter, we got to see, you know, and now our new Instagram page, um, the Buds and Jays now have, you know, videos up on there which you guys mm-hmm. should watch if you haven't seen these two pitchers go. And uh, I did like what Zach Pop was uh, was throwing on that on the mound there. So um, I hope that he showcases that in a Jays uniform for sure. Because that if he if he falters, then the trade's a huge bust for him. But if he does do well then I'll sit content on it, I'll say.
0: I kind of like what the Jays did too in acquiring these two relievers. We know Anthony Bass well. He's a little different than the guy we saw um, in 2020 when he was fine. He was, you know, league average. He was on a bad Blue Jays team, but Anthony Bass did his part. Um, He now he's been really hammering his fastball inside to right-handed pitchers and he's just not throwing as many waste pitches as he did before, which I think, I don't know if that's just confidence in his stuff that he thinks it's even better, or he's just, what's the point in throwing a waste pitch? You know, we only get so many in a game. You got to attack, attack, attack. And Anthony Bass is actually having the best year of his career in uh, Miami right now. So it makes sense. The Jays want to get him. And Zach pop is interesting. The Jays really wanted more of a strikeout rate from, uh, from their bullpen and uh, Zach pop will provide that. He's got a good one. He's from Brampton, Ontario. So the fact that he's Canadian too, people are going to really love, and he's a sinker slider type guy, but a sinker, you know, it sits 95, but it can touch him up to 97. And uh, we, like you said, we tweeted out some video of uh, the slider and the uh, fastball. And according to a metric called stuff plus, plus, Zach pop slider is one of the top 30 in all of baseball. And he only throws it 12% of the time. So I'd imagine the blue Jays get Zach pop here. He's going to start throwing that slider more out of his bullpen. And he kind of pictures to me, he's like a right-handed Tim Mesa, and they can kind of work well in that bullpen together. So I'm giving this trade tentatively a thumbs up. Honestly, I don't think we're missing much in losing gross hands. And the bullpen was honestly the biggest need. And the blue Jays acquired it with this trade.
1: So I think what you're telling me is that I think the Jays, Jays fans are divided because, um, you know, I'm, it, You know, we're kind of both sitting in the way of the Merrifield trade and I know some people would actually like it. And now you're liking this trade. I'm disliking it. And this is, this is the part that's funny is, is, is today we didn't make a trade where our whole fandom went, Oh my God, this is so good for this team. Yes, What a great job. And that's, you know, that's the tough pill to swallow. Sadly, um, in the game of baseball right now. And the the business side of everything is I'm sure they tried. They just couldn't swing a deal that wouldn't have really drained us or, you know, the other team finessing us because I'm sure they were looking at a lot of, a lot of guys, particularly starting pitchers. And I think that the price was probably just too steep. So it goes back to our own guys, but uh, yeah, you like it. You say it's a win. I'll be content. I'll be very content. If Zach pop turns things up.
0: Well, we had one more trade uh, that the Blue Jays made. Well, two, technically. One of them was trading Jeremy Beasley for cash. I don't think much of that. But uh, there was another trade. We traded right-handed pitcher Nick Frosso and left-handed pitcher Moises Brito for right-handed pitcher Mitchell White and Alex DeJesus. And, Riley, this was a kind of a trade that surprised a lot of us. This is um, Mitch White, who's made 10 starts, 15 appearances for the Dodgers this year. He's pitched well. He's pitched to, like, a 3-5 ERA, and... You know, he's 27. He's under club control until 2027, which is, uh, is something the Blue Jays liked. I don't have much to say about Moises Brito. I don't really know a lot about him, but I'm really upset here to lose uh, Nick Frasso. He started striking out everybody. And remember when Dunedin had that, uh, that 26 strikeout game or that 24 strikeout game that we talked about early in the year? Nick Frasso started that game and struck out a ton of them. I can see why the Dodgers like this guy. And if they're not sold on Mitch White, which I, can bl- I don't really blame him. He's 27, and he's finally made his big league debut this year. You know, um, I could see them selling him for Nick Frosso. And honestly, are we sure that he's better than uh, Max Castillo, who we just traded away? Like, the Jays needed more depth, and it seems like they just swapped Castillo for Mitch White. <clears throat> I don't know
1: so i want to i want to wind the clock back to our last episode when we were hypothesizing so first of all i want to apologize if i jinxed that frankie Montes trade. <laughs> i um i really thought we were going to get him and the pinstripes ended up picking him up um i named another guy we didn't get him but i want to ask you jesse mm-hmm. so i my last guy on that list was zach please so Compare Plezak and White. Would we have just been better off getting Zach Plezak? Or is this an actual okay because of, you know, Frosso isn't exactly ready to play in the major leagues and this yes. guy already has 10 starts. I mean, is it more more or less just trying to bump up a guy through the depth chart and just getting something, like a spot start,
0: anything? I think it's um it's a combination of safety versus the unknown, right? Like Zach Plezak is Zach Plezak. But Mitch White, he could be anything. He could even be Zach, please right? And that's kind of the, the comp we need to go through here. Um, I don't know. The JC see something like him. I'm going to dig more into Mitch, White. We're going to see him pitch down the stretch for this team here. Um, it's just, it's kind of interesting. The Jays needed more depth. We didn't really add depth, but the fact that he's shown he can do it at the big league level is a start. And uh, yeah, excited to see what he can produce for this team.
1: I mean, if he's a, if he turns out to be a Greg Maddox, that's great. But usually when I go to the grocery store and I get, Three bags of two percent milk. I expect to come home with exactly that. Right. So I like that we can dream on, guys. But I would also hate it that if he walks in, has three starts, and just absolutely inflates his Z R A, goes two innings and walks seven, or you know something ridiculous like that. You never want to see that work like that. So again. When I say it's up to the players, it's really up to the players, man. This guy, hey, you know what? This guy could be great. He could end up falling behind Manoa, for God's sakes, in this rotation. Who the hell knows? But as of right now, just in cold blood, this is kind of what it looks like for me. There's a lot of unknown about these guys, and we kind of have to crack in and see what they're made of.
0: So, you talked about how it's all on the players now, so let's talk about the players that are in that locker room and that um, are going to have to live with this. We remember when they were going to their beach party; like there was some buzz that a lot of players were really excited about uh, what this team's can do. They were expecting a high impact move to get morale going even more. And I will say, Riley, that this team I think has underperformed already where they are. I think they're a better team than um, they've showed, even their record is right now. So the Jays on paper should take an improvement for that, but they kind of wanted one more spark to get us going for. And I don't think like Zach Pop and uh, Anthony bass are the guys that are going to really give this team that spark you know so are you worried at all that morale is going to be down a little bit with the guys in the club and that they're just going to go on a little slide here or you think just talent's going to prevail cooler heads are going to go this team's too good they're going to be fine
1: i mean it's been a crazy the month of july was quite crazy we sent an absurd amount of people to the all-star game if you mm-hmm. were to just look like that on a on a piece of paper you'd say holy the jays must be the best team in baseball but no we end up firing our manager and at the start of august we end up you know not making a splash and i don't know what the mood is right now jesse i mean to be honest it still should be very good considering of the ball they have played as of late and we're not doing the game we haven't done the game recap as of right now we'll
0: we'll do that thursday we We
1: want to get we won a game in Tropicana field tonight. Mm-hmm. The mood should be pretty good as of how we've been playing as of late. Um, and if anything has changed, <clears throat> then that's kind of where the manager has to step in or the coaches and kind of say, Hey guys, like take a step back and look at the ball you guys are playing. Cause right now there's nothing wrong, but you add these guys, these depth pieces, these star players to prevent, anything from going wrong because we've seen this team derail already this year and we can't afford to have that happen
0: again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're in good hands with John Schneider to make sure that doesn't happen. But, Riley, let's talk about the trades that the Blue Jays didn't make today because they were interested in some really high leverage arms. Um, Pablo Lopez, Carlos Rodon were both guys that I really thought the Jays would go after here. Uh, They didn't go on either one of them. Neither of them got traded. Frankie Montas, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, went to the Yankees. That one's going to sting because we were hammering the bed hard for Frankie Montas here. The Jays were rumored all day to try to get Noah Syndergaard who ended up, it was down to Toronto and Philadelphia. He ended up in Philadelphia, along with uh, Rysel Iglesias, who the Jays were linked to as well, ended up in Atlanta. So, Riley, any takeaways here or any thoughts about the guys that we didn't get? Do you think any of these moves are going to come back to bite us in the butt? or? or I mean, <clears throat> I
1: mean, I don't think biting us in the butt is going to be hard. It's hard for um, Syndergaard to bite us in the butt um, being a National League East team, unless we meet the Phillies in the World Series, which I don't see that happening really. <laughs> um, however, I kind of like the story with what could have been with Cindergard. Obviously, he was a the piece of the IRA Dickey trade that brought Dickey and jays legend josh tole to um the blue jays and it would have just been cool to see that come full circle you know because we i mean we really like starting pitchers we really need starting pitchers that seem to be kind of besides juan soto i mean the starting pitchers is kind of where the trades were at around this deadline
0: in today Yeah, and uh, I think the Frankie Montas one is going to hurt. The fact that he went to the Yankees, he's going to pitch against us now. That's kind of, I mean, I kind of hope we crush him. We kind of have to crush him now, to be honest. And I really hope we do. Marcel Iglesias would have been another bullpen arm. But yeah, the Jays could have made more high-impact moves, and they chose not to. So, Riley, that leads me to my next point. What do we do now, right? Because we ended up keeping a lot of our top prospects. I think you and I both thought that Gabriel Moreno was as good as gone. Well, he's not. He's still here. orelvis Elvis Martinez, who I really thought the Blue Jays were going to go trade. He's still here. He's not being moved. Ricky Tideman, who I'm glad we kept is also still here. So Riley, like what's next? Gabriel Moreno. Is he going to be on this team or is he going to sit in Buffalo for the rest of the season? Cause we still have Kirk. We still have Jansen. We've had this conversation before with Gabriel Moreno. And I guess you let Tideman and Martinez keep doing the way their thing in the minor leagues, but what's the end game here for these prospects?
1: Well, let's not put the the cart before the horse here. I think for guys like and like Moreno or Alves Martinez and who have you, like they're going to ferment the rest of the year in the minor leagues, which I'm okay with. The fact that we didn't move Moreno, I think is okay. We hope that he finishes the season strong because we really want, I want to see his value increase. You're allowed to make trades in the off season. It's true. Um, and, you know what that's definitely not off the table but we're we're talking about from right now until the end of october and it's it's kind of on our guys right now to make sure that we kind of hone in and you know keep our head at least above the water because there are teams that got significantly better after this um I mean, you could make like the Yankees, for instance. I know you say, I hope we hit Montas good, but there's a reason I like him. I watch a lot. He's good. I watch a lot of Oakland A's baseball, man, and it's scary. They did drop Jordan Montgomery, who
0: got Harrison Bader. Who I think is better. He'll
1: be a yeah. he'll be a gold glover at best one day, in my opinion. They did drop Joey Gallo, who has less hits than Aaron Judge has home runs this year. So they got rid of an absolute cancer on that team. And you know what? I hate it for Gallo because I do like him. I do not like anyone in pinstripes. I'm glad that he's gone out of there. Um, listen, man, we're probably not going to win the division at this point. I don't expect any team to come back like that, but we are sitting in a very good spot where we can take home field in a wild card. And I think that's anything lower than that is a failed expectation at this or a failed, you know, it's a failed result. If we don't take home the number one wild card spot.
0: The Jays are on track to get that. It's going to take, you know, a bad slide for that to happen. And I think the Jays are hoping that maybe Gabriel Moreno can respark his hit tool and he can come up here. But kind of like Jordan Groshans, Gabriel Moreno has lost his power or he's trying to rediscover it. I don't know. I th- I think here's my th- a theory, Riley. The Blue Jays were on the phones a lot with the Angels today. There were talks about the Noah Syndergaard. There were talks about Rice Iglesias. I guarantee you the Blue Jays had conversations about what it's going to cost to get Shohei Otani. And I guarantee you the Angels were going through the Blue Jays system, and they know what these prospects are and what they can do. I'm kind of curious, when the Angels decided they weren't going to trade Shohei Otani, if the Blue Jays decided we're not going to trade any of our top guys, and they might revisit this again in the offseason. Now, it could could look like a genius if that's what ends up happening, but if it doesn't, you've kind of wasted your bite at the bullets. These prospects, really, once they hit the major leagues, their value kind of goes down, right? So... I don't know. It's a risk. It's a reward. If that is what their end game is, I think we're all for it. I think we'd love to see Shohei Ohtani here, but uh, just a theory that I've had here. It's not a bad theory,
1: and I agree with you. You protect players. And some players you hide down in the minor leagues in order to protect them. And I, if Moreno had five more plate appearances this year at the major leagues, I wouldn't be cross at it. Because mm-hmm. I want to keep his value high. If he goes down there and he only hits two more home runs, but has a 410, 420 on base percentage, I mean, that's value, dude. That Even though the power tool isn't there, the he has showcased his speed, his fielding, everything else at the major league level. And if you have a four-tool catcher, Jesse, you good. name – you can't name any five-tool catchers in all of, of history, even the best ones. Pudge was slower than hell. Bench was. They hit bombs. Maybe Moreno doesn't hit bombs, but if he steals 20 home runs in a year, AT I mean, that's Real still Muto incredible.
0: Maybe. That's the only one I can think of. But
1: uh, the, the averages aren't there, but you get what I'm saying, Jesse, is that if you get four out of five tools for a catcher, you have something, man. I'm saying to protect him down in the minor leagues to keep his value up in it. And if they do go for Shohei, then his value will still be high because to get Shohei Otani, I mean, that's the cream de la crop right there. I don't think there's a more valuable player in baseball because he pitches and he hits. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Modern day Babe Ruth.
0: Let's wrap up our thoughts on the trade deadline here, Riley. I'm going to get you to grade it out of one out of 10, but I just, my final thoughts here is I think it was tough for the Blue Jays to really acquire the pitching they wanted because aside from their top guys in Tiedemann Martinez and Moreno, there wasn't a lot of solid guys in the middle. And I think that um, that's where the Padres made a lot of their trades from. Yeah, they gave up high prospect guys. That's where the Yankees kind of traded a lot of their, their mid-tier prospects. And the Blue Jays, just they have the top guys, but they don't have a lot of the mid-tiers. And I think t- other teams saw that. Teams that had pitching to give, and they didn't want to sell it to the Blue Jays for that. So I think that's part of the reason why they struggled to get pitching too. And ultimately, I will say, Riley, I think the Jays raised their floor today, but I don't think they raised their ceiling at all today. And that's, uh, that's where I'm going to end my thoughts on the trade deadline there.
1: I, I'll agree with that, man. I'll give you a, a letter grade on, um, on yep. these trades. So you run by me and. You're, uh, you're, cutting,
0: you're cutting out there, Riley.
1: One last uh, kind of deal. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I will, if I were to give a letter grade for the Blue Jays here. So I that
1: say, um, I good now. Yeah, go ahead. I'd give the Whitmerfield deal uh, a C plus, but it has room to grow.
0: I guess I, I'm just going to grade everything as a whole. Look, the Jays needed impact arms. They got impact arms. They really, they replaced Max Castillo with Mitch White. I that's a wash. I don't think it's much there. And they didn't really do a whole lot else. You know, I'm giving it a D plus a C minus if this leads to something more in the future. I don't know. But I think we were expecting more for the Blue Jays and for the Blue Jays fans here.
1: We were expecting more. We got less. We kind of got to live with it now, Jesse, and hope that this experiment works out.
0: Well, that'll do it for episode here today. Thanks for everyone tuning in. Um, leave a comment down below guys, what your thoughts were about the trade deadline. Is there any moves you thought we should have made? Do you think they're making a big mistake by the trades they made or are we wrong here? Is Whit Merrifield going to bounce back? Is Mitch White going to be a legit guy or is there anything going on here? Or is there something we've missed some theory or something that we hadn't talked about? Leave a comment below. Let us know. Riley, you mentioned before we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Give us a follow on both those spots. Uh, we want to do that. And um One more thing before we get out of here. We uh, wanted to pass an homage to the late Vin Scully who passed away this afternoon. I was just talking with some guys at my ball team today about our favorite announcers. And of course, Vin Scully came up. So it was quite a shock before we recorded here to say uh, that Vin Scully has passed away. So rest in peace, Mr. Scully, you're for Blue Jays fans everywhere. And for baseball fans everywhere, you're an important part of our lives. So any thoughts on that, Riley, before we get out of here today?
1: Yeah, probably the most prolific, the most decorated, um, voice of baseball the inspiration of many voices i know there was um joe buck's father jack buck was a big name too but a lot of our guys our fathers listened to a lot of vince scully called big games obviously a longtime dodgers guy and 94 years old um he'll be missed throughout uh, throughout the dodgers organization and all other 29 teams big loss for the baseball world today
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to be back after probably Thursday this afternoon to recap the uh, Rays series. A lot of stuff going on. It's a big second half. This Jays team is talented. They should have what it takes to make a playoff push. And I guess they're going to have to do it with the guys who are currently in the clubhouse. So uh, let's go Blue Jays. Let's get this done.
1: Let's go, boys. Thanks, guys.